0: This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Carnage Cast, episode 54. I'm Tyler, and with me this time is. Ray. Hi, Ray. Hey, how's it going, Tyler? Pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for coming back. No problem. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So what have you been up to lately, gaming-wise?
0: Uh, not as much as I'd like to be, honestly. I've been uh, playing a lot of various kinds of card games, keeping my ear down uh, to the pulse of the magic community, and I've been playing Hearthstone online. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I've been reading over the rule books for the Game of Thrones LCG because, well, I like Game of Thrones, and I'm really interested in learning how to play that. So, mm-hmm.
1: So magic-wise, what are you looking forward to?
0: Well, right now, the thing I'm looking forward to most is the new Commander sets that are coming out on November 7th, the day that Carnage starts this year.
1: Now, Ray, I haven't played Magic since Homelands. What's Commander? <laughs> All right, Commander is what the Wizards of the Coast is
0: calling the EDH format.
1: EDH means?
0: Elder, Dragon, Highlander. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a format designed to be multiplayer, where each person has a Commander, sure. um, which is where the comes from. Uh, It was originally called a general when it was just EDH and he or she I suppose technically. Your commander has special abilities. Uh, They can come into play constantly. You have to pay more for them. Then you have a 99 card deck used to support them which you can only have one of any particular card with the exception of basic lands. Mm -hmm. There's also other deck building restrictions in that the colors of your commander are the only colors you can have in your deck. Mm -hmm. So if your commander is a uh, blue and black uh, legendary creature, because your commanders have to be legendary, Mm -hmm. then you can only have cards that are blue or black in your deck. There can be no green, white, or red
1: at all. So it's so it's a deck-building challenge?
0: It is a deck-building challenge, and there is a small uh, band list that is actually operated out independently from... Wizards of the Coast, even though they have taken on, called it Commander, and they are producing products to support it on a yearly basis at this point in time. Mm -hmm. The original people who came up with it and were maintaining it for years are still in charge of it, and in charge of the banned list, uh, amongst other things, Mm -hmm. and any other rules things that are going into play.
1: In charge of it mean they dictate what wizard events are going to do, or what an EDH event is going to do?
0: What an EDH event is going to do. So, like, there's... With every format in Magic, there is a banned list. Right. Certain cards that you can't play. Um, So, normally, whenever a new set comes out, Wizards of the Coast releases an update to their banned list. Right. Um, However, with the Commander banned list, Wizards of the Coast has absolutely nothing to
1: do with that banned list. The, the the creators of the format are supplying Wizards with a banned list. Exactly. Okay, I get it.
0: Um, and any rules changes that happen go through the guys who originally created the format. Okay,
1: but Wizards is still like, we think this is a good idea, we would like to sell you things right. to do with it.
0: exactly. Um, and in particular this year uh, they're releasing, uh, on November 7th, their Commander 2014 series, mm-hmm. which is going to be a series of five decks that you can get. Uh, they're all going to be mono-colored, so there's going to be one for each of the colors. And one of the big twists this year is that they're creating Planeswalkers for it that can be used as Commanders, which isn't something that's happened in the past. Uh, some people have played House Rule variants where you could play a Planeswalker card as your Commander, but... This year, uh, they are actually printing ones that specifically say this card can be used as your commander.
1: So so previously where people were using Legends, that was like one tier of ability. and Then Planeswalkers are a higher tier that normally don't come into an EDH format? Uh,
0: well, you had to use a Legend. The point was is that you had a General Commander. Yep. And they commanded all of the cards in the deck. And yep. they were the... The special part of it. And the commander um,
1: needed to be a legend.
0: Right, the commander needed to be a legend because that had to feel kind of legendary about it type uh, situation. Uh, Planeswalkers, uh, Wizards of the Coast started printing them a few years ago um, and they usually print uh, five in the base set, one for each color. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they add a couple more to the base sets and then from there on out they print um, usually three to four per block um so three to four more per year and the planeswalkers are a special card type um they have special abilities it's the first new card type to be introduced to magic in forever Um, so it was a very interesting thing and uh, they have their own special abilities and their own special rules towards them and all of that Um, and you could have them in your previous commander decks provided they were the right colors and all that stuff as one of the 99 but you couldn't make them your commander it was something that you know if they went to the graveyard or they got removed from the game they were gone whereas your commander has the ability to keep coming back
1: right you just keep paying for them.
0: right you just you pay you pay a little extra for them each time they come back um so these there's going to be five of them uh planeswalkers are going to be of that ilk that they can be played as the commander and it actually in their rules text down through all of it down at the bottom, it's like, this card can be used as your commander in a commander game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one of the things that um, Wizards of the Coast is also doing with this is they're going back and they're covering characters that from the storylines that didn't get cards in the first place. Um, and some of the Planeswalkers, uh, they've already previewed one, uh, Teferi, who has been around since, well, not quite as far back as Homelands, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. For, for quite a long time now, he's got his own card and, and uh, various other things like that as a legend, but now they've made him into a Planeswalker card, and he's actually one of the commanders, and there's a lot of speculation as to what the other ones are going to be. Hopefully, Wizards of the Coast is going to start showing us some more previews as they go forward, um, but that's been their big preview so far. And um, they've only
1: got like two weeks to go, before or two to three weeks before the 7th at this point.
0: Before November. Yeah, at this point. Um, So, you know, that's all I've seen spoiled so far. But usually a week before the product comes out, Mm -hmm. uh, they will do a whole week devoted to it. And they will start
1: releasing more stuff. What is the, the key attraction of the Commander format?
0: I believe the key attraction to the Commander format is, A, it's a multiplayer format. Therefore, you know, you get three or four of you down, sitting down at the table and playing. It's... A lot more f- fun to have more people playing right um, having played in a couple EDH tournaments including the one at carnage last year um, it's really fun to see what people come up with for interactions between the cards when you're limited to 99 and you're only ever going to see a card once per se It's very interesting to see how people either make it so that they can see that card more than once Mm -hmm. or how they just come up with the weirdest little interactions. And some of the cards that people are using are cards that, honestly, I'd forgotten about (laughs) that have been existing in Magic and, you know, they're horrible for constructed play. Nobody's ever going to play this in a regular 60-card deck in a tournament or even for fun around the kitchen table. You mean like thralls? Yeah, well, it thrills, but worse. How's <laughs> uh, oh, something worse than a thrall? If thrill. you can believe that something is worse than a thrall, this is it right here. I mean, uh, there was one card in particular. Uh, it's called Unspeakable Symbol. Sure. Um, and a kid used it last year to great effect. He actually won the EDH tournament with it. But it's uh, pay three life to put a plus one plus one counter on a creature. And it's an enchantment. This card is never going to see play. Anywhere else. But this kid got that card out and honestly whooped me and the other guy sitting at the table with us in about two seconds flat because he had it out there. So it's one of those things of, you know, it's a longer format because there's so much, there's so many cards. You also have expanded life totals. You start at 40 as opposed to 20.
1: Um, there's more variability in the deck, so you're not going to see key cards.
0: Right, you're not going to see, not everybody's going to be able to put the same card into their deck. And people have been trying since EDH, before it was Commander, when it was just EDH, to break the format. Um, you know, well I can just you know put all these really great cards into this deck with a five color general and, and do everything. And it never really works out as people had planned it. Uh, when you've got that many cards and that much interaction and so few chances of seeing any one particular card yep um that being said there are cards that did break the format they're banned That's it's why there's a ban list yeah it's why there's a ban list because there's some cards that are just way too powerful in that format um that would not be that powerful in a standard constructed format so they might not be banned anywhere else but they are banned in commander um but I'm really looking forward to that, and on top of that, um, we are doing the EDH tournament again this year. At Carnage.: At Carnage, Correct. I'm really excited to see what people are going to be bringing for their new commander decks from cons of care, including new commanders. with wedge color commanders, wedge colors are a friend er, one color and it's two enemy colors on okay. the magic pentagram. right? Um, they printed a whole bunch of cards that were designed for wedge colors in the new set. And so I'm really interested to see what people are going to be building for decks that are based around those and to see what we get from those. The first commander product that Wizards of the Coast put out was a wedge series commander series. So they haven't really had any cards to be added to since then and that was back in 2012. So I'm actually really looking forward to see new cards and new things brought into those and just to see what
1: people are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this is something that I've always wondered about with, uh, with this kind of uh, play environment is how much do you get to see because in an event you know, you're playing X number of people, maybe four or five, maybe probably more than EDH, four or so, um, but, and so you get to see parts of their decks based on what they either play or choose to tell you about. But where how, where are you seeing the rest of it?
0: Well, uh, I go online. Um, obviously, uh, WOTC has their Magic the Gathering webpage that covers a lot of things. Um, so one of their articles uh, appears on Thursdays. It's called Command Tower, and it talks about Commander there. Um, so I have a tendency to look at that a lot. Uh, I've actually had a few of my decks published through uh, WOTC through that. Uh, forum but honestly it's because it's such a friendly format nobody's sitting there guarding their decks Mm -hmm. so in between games you sit down you start talking with people and they're like oh yeah i've got this great deck oh look at this great thing that i'm doing you know and they might not show you the deck they're playing in the tournament in case they're playing you later but they're going to show you their other decks Mm -hmm. as i quickly learned there are very few people out there who have one commander deck most people have three to five, and then there are those crazy people that have a lot more than that. I'm one of those crazy people.
1: Well, that's because you don't have to use all the cards in one deck.
0: Exactly, exactly, and that's exactly it. Um, You know, outside of the the cost of sleeving those suckers, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And I actually have, um, on my computer, I actually have a spreadsheet with the ideas for over 60 decks right now. Um, And I just, you know, an idea pops into my head, a theme, whatever. And I jump on and pff, I, you know, put it out and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'll build that eventually one mm-hmm. of these days when I
1: when have When the cards time. are completely rolled over. In yeah,
0: when the cards are completely rolled over. When everybody's forgotten about all those cards, I'll play them. Don't worry. They'll come out of nowhere. <laughs> come out of nowhere. Nobody will be expecting it. Um, but that's just, it's, I have a creative mind. It's how I think. It's, I
1: don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I envy that because I, I play um, like one and a half, you know, constructed card games right now. And I, I have a hard time building decks. I'm, I, I feel like I, you know, I'm still early in the process. I don't know if I'll ever be. It's not. I haven't been playing all my life. I, literally, played Magic for like a year and a half when I was 13 or 14, between uh, the the dying days of Revised and when Homelands came out. And I realized I would never have enough money to, to buy Homelands because let me tell you something. That's just <laughs> <laughs> homelands has gone down in history as probably one of the worst magic sets ever it, it drove me out of the game it drove you way. out of
0: the game and, and that's understandable it drove a lot of people out of the game
1: mm-hmm. uh, so i mean and i've thought about coming back but i'm i'm pretty happy with call cthulhu and uh, netrunner well, netrunner and i have sort of a, a, a...
0: love hate relationship i don't know if there's any love <laughs> i don't know, there's know. Love, just a hate relationship <laughs> I, it's
1: it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a lovely game i have a hard time feeling good at it
0: okay okay that's that's fine i understand yeah. that and
1: i also understand that the only t- the only reason i feel good at Cthul- Call of cthulhu is that nobody around here plays it
0: right right well see that's the thing i gave up a long time ago at actually being good at card games because i hardly ever <laughs> <got to> f-
1: <laughs> i haven't found that point yet and i, I want to find it i haven't found it yet
0: yeah um you know it's for me honestly card games are what got me into gaming uh a lot of i have friendships now that have been going on 16 years because i met these people playing magic Mm -hmm. and i'm i don't think i'm still really close friends with anybody i was in high school with at that point in time but these people that i met at a local card shop you know sitting down and flopping cardboard with have become lifelong friends and for me i think that's where it comes in you know Was never that good at it but these people were you know friendly and you know we became friends and it didn't matter whether i was good or not Mm -hmm. honestly most of the time it was probably better that i wasn't because i was just seen as a speed bump and an easy win in tournaments when i played with them but regardless it's you know they still had you know we all had fun Mm -hmm. and that was the big thing and that's actually what got me coming to carnage was you know, uh, Magic's state tournaments uh, when they were still doing their state tournaments were, was being held at um, Carnage. It was the last year that Carnage was on a Scutney. It was a uh, Magic, yeah, Magic uh, Carnage. Five. Five, I do believe. Yes, was the first Carnage I went to, and you know I had a blast. Um, you know there were hijinks, there was Magic playing, there was. You know, there were girls. It was it was fun, honestly. It was, it was a great time. I had a really good time. And I've gone every year since. I haven't missed a year. Mm-hmm. And it's... For me, it was just... That was what was accepting for me. I mean, when I was in high school, I went to a very small school. Uh, you know, your cliques were one or two people. Literally. And it was... I had a hard time fitting in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, card games is what found me a group of people that I really fit in with. So...
1: I like that. I never had. I did. I didn't get to have that experience, but it sounds like it would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've only come to it recently, and I'm. It's just. I feel like part of it is just having missed the opportunity to grow up in it, so you don't think the right way.
0: Right, but on on the flip side, you're doing it the smart way. I'm going to tell you this because you're you're playing Netrunner and you're playing Call of Cthulhu and mm-hmm. these are
1: LCGs right
0: and let me tell you something there is a lot less money going into LCGs oh
1: god but in, I, see, I, I, I get that and I'm, I, I still agree but every once in a while I wonder if I've traded one evil for a different evil
0: Uh, maybe possibly,
1: but I mean, you don't have to chase cards, right? One of the things that put me off about magic. But you're just chasing players now. Is all you're doing? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's the the pool of players is so much smaller. I mean, in Burlington, Netrunner has you know like a dozen people who who turn out regularly for stuff, um, and not all at the same time. That's a dozen total. So you might get eight right any given thing, and you know that's that's nice. But at the same time, you're Netrunner for sure. You are on a treadmill. Every month there's another pack
0: oh yeah and you know Game of Thrones is doing the same thing and you know they're doing the new packs but the thing is is that you get that new pack what, what are new packs running 14 bucks 15 15 before tax 15 before tax okay so 15 before tax you're talking 15 dollars before tax right now you can't get three packs of magic for that what yeah what's a pack of magic pack of magic's about f- well no you can get three packs you can't get four packs excuse okay. me pack of magic is about four bucks right now Mm-hmm and before tax so you know and i get what 15 cards in a pack of magic cards now so i get 15 random cards (laughs) right
1: you don't get a play set
0: right i don't get a play set you're paying 15 bucks a month for a play set
1: of 20 cards of 20 cards but right and to be perfectly frank two of those cards you're going to use
0: right and that's and that is part of the problem you're only going to use probably a couple of those cards however if you ever do get into the deck building and you start to go
1: crazy with the deck building. Mm-hmm. Having all those
0: extra cards around, helpful.
1: But you've, I, I find, in particular, I have to fight this groupthink of, of cards 1 through 19 are awful. Card 20 is the good card. Only that card should be in any deck.
0: Right. Well, it's all about, I guess for me, because I look at magic cards that way too. I mean, there have been numerous articles out there about crappy magic cards. And sometimes it's just all about
1: breaking it down and finding a use for that Yeah, I mean, when I build a deck, it's usually because something a a card has caught my eye and it's like, I would like to use that card. I don't know how. I'm going to have to figure out what would go with it. Right. Uh, In magic
0: terms, uh, Mark Rosewater, the uh, lead designer for magic right now, came up with uh, three separate uh, tropes of people. The player types? Right, the player types. There's there's Timmy, Johnny, and Spike. Mm Mm-hmm and timmy likes big huge large effects spike wants to win tournaments johnny is what it sounds like you're falling into which is the cool let's see if i can make this combo work or how can i break this card what can i do with this card it's very much how i play magic as well it's how i play magic and Mm -hmm. it's how hopefully if i can find other people that'll play with me and learn to play it i can do with game of thrones as well Mm -hmm. um it's not just about you know, maximizing it, which is what, when you're looking at the cards initially, it sounds like you're saying, you know, one through 19, those are crap. 20 is the only tournament worthy, tournament worthy card. It's the only card like you're going to go a deck deck. I would all right.
1: This is all internet group think that I'm absorbing.
0: Right. And so everybody's like, oh, this is the best card. This is the only card you have to use. It's a very spike mentality. Now, if you look at the cards and you go, now, oh, wait a minute, card number seven, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird.
1: I, I like, kinda that like that picture on seven.
0: Yeah, I like that picture on seven. I like, I like what this card is doing. I'm going to find a way to use that card. That's the Johnny aspect. And that's, that's the embracing it and going, you know what? I'm going to use that card. And you know what? Maybe in one of the previous chapter packs you bought, you know, a couple months ago, you're looking, there was a bunch of crappy cards, but all of a sudden you find one and you're like, wait a minute, that works really well with this card that I really want to do something with over
1: here. Mm-hmm. I have a couple decks like that in Call of Cthulhu. I have a Serpent's deck where uh, serpents is a character type. And so there's like different kinds of serpent cultists or disguised serpents or, or things that go slithering. And then there's Yig, you know, the father of serpents, and right. Ruberos who keeps jumping out of the discard. And it's all very interesting. I have not yet made it work because it's serpents and, and Misk- Miskatonic scholars. It's archeologists <laughs> fighting snakes basically <laughs> or working together with the snakes. Right. And I haven't made it work yet, but I keep tinkering with it. And every time a box comes out, it's like, are there any more serpents? What's going to work here? And the, the, the Cthulhu faction box is about to hit, and I'm looking... I, I, I'm, I, I accidentally got spoiled, so I'm pretty certain there are no serpents, but I'm hoping I wasn't paying attention, and there's at least one in there.
0: Well, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, for, for, your, for your sake, for the deck building's sake. Um, that being said, uh, if you ever want to uh, detain me on a night that I'm free and try to teach me Call of Cthulhu, I'd be more than happy to learn. I would be delighted to. <laughs> That's the way it's been. I find a person... And yeah. it, it's, it happens one-on-one. Yeah, no, and that's exactly, it. I'd be more than willing to, to learn it, so.
1: Wonderful. We'll make that happen. You've got Commander. You've mm-hmm. got Cons of Tarkir. Mm-hmm. I've got the Cthulhu Faction Box, the Sleeper Below. That's hopefully going to show up in the stores in a week or two. Right. And today, as we record, Finanacy Flight just announced the next box, which is, uh, uh, it's another Faction Box. It's the sort of government agents and Private spies and nuns and priests with guns, kind of.
0: uh, Nuns and priests with guns are awesome, right? Some of the
1: baddest ass characters in that faction are nuns toting Tommy guns.
0: Yeah, see, nuns toting Tommy guns. That Mm. that was that was a great little app game for a while. Nuns with guns. I don't know if you ever played it, but Mm. that was it was a fun app game. I played it for a while. It was a blast.
1: (laughs) Reminds me of the old RPG, Macho Women with Guns.
0: Ah yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, I've had this weird path with card games. Cause i played magic for a little bit when i was young mm-hmm. dropped it didn't look at it again a couple of years ago got interested in the living card game form format from fantasy supply didn't really do anything about it because it was like nope not gonna get on that path because I, I have this collector mentality i gotta catch it all right 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 and then a couple of years ago the gamers three came out hands of fate which was a, a comedy film about a group of friends who play games and they've done role-playing Uh, based storylines in their previous films and this one was about one of the characters getting interested in a card game which was not unlike legends of the five rings called romance of the nine empires (laughs) fair enough yeah and as part of the kickstarter campaign to produce the film they actually produced a game that you could see on the shelf over there if you wanted to um where uh, aeg worked with the producers to reskin an old card game of theirs that didn't quite take off and they ma- turned it into A Romance of the Nine Empires. And I was like, that's great. It's a self-contained game. I can play it. It'll be fun. I can't play that game. <laughs> I can't figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, AEG, I know is not... No company is known for good rule books. Let's not right. single anyone out in particular.
0: Right, right. No company is good for, known for good rule books. This is very true. There's <laughs> a mad
1: Australian who does all the hard work of making games comprehensible. And it's, to my eternal regret, he does not appear to care for AEG product. Fair enough. But I don't, So I don't know if it's just the nature of writing a rulebook or if it's a subtle tribute to really confusing rulebooks that that particular rulebook is profoundly confusing. The only rule I can tell you is that character cards have the holy keyword to maintain backwards compatibility with the original tarot-sized edition. Wow. <laughs>
0: See, now that sounds like a challenge to me because one of the things I love doing is sitting down with a new game and popping out the rule book and trying to figure if out... If you that.
1: want to take that home, you're more than welcome. Yeah,
0: to. I think I might because that that actually sounds like a challenge for me for, for a few days at the very least mm-hmm. before I either uh, pull my hair out or crack
1: the code. Yeah, if I find it on the doorstep in the morning, I'll understand. Yeah, you don't know... Don't feel bad.
0: Right, and if I, uh, you know, if I need to break out an Enigma machine to figure it out, I will. Mm-hmm.
1: After building an Enigma machine. Yeah. So, yeah, so I picked that uh, that... <laughs> Picked that up, found it hideously confusing, never really went anywhere with it. But right. by then, the dam had broken. I got into, like, Call of Cthulhu, and then Netrunner, once you could actually buy a core set, because there was, like, a four-month period where there were none. Yeah. Every The people who went to Gen Con, like, bought them out, and then the distribution system was just empty. Yeah. And Fantasy Flight went, hmm, I think we have a winner.
0: Yeah, I don't think they were quite expecting it to be that good when they first uh, came up with the idea of doing Netrunner as a... Uh...
1: I mean, it's, been a, it's had a cult following for years. It was right. Richard Garfield's second card game, and I think yeah. the Magic players were a little disappointed by it. That was the impression I got.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a lot of it right there. Um, Magic players are fickle.
1: Yeah, they're like, we love this game. Why'd you make that one?
0: Yeah, no, and, and yeah, I'm,
1: yeah, I was probably one of them.
0: <laughs> um, but, you know. <laughs> that's, that's fair. No worries. Um...
1: And then Netrunner actually had a has a growing community in Burlington. Like uh, Braps was regularly hosted every other week, league nights that w- that oh, were so successful, I had to stop going because they kept going until midnight. Gotcha, gotcha. And I don't I don't live in that world. Not yeah.
0: don't live in that world. Can't stay up till midnight anymore. No.
1: <laughs> um, but the people who play love it, and I'm uh, I like to, I still like to play. I just I I haven't gotten to the haven't found the, the the still point of enjoying deck building yet because deck building is just like the least enjoyable part of a card game for me still. And then I'm not saying I I go make net decks or anything because half the time no one's included notes on how they work. Well, there is that.
0: Yeah, they expect you to know the synergies yourself or to like figure out I haven't it memorized the cards. That's why
1: I went to find a deck.
0: Right, exactly. Um, I think uh, one of the big things with building decks, and I've noticed this because I have picked up as many card games as I possibly could over the years. Um, I have played Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! I have taken a passing interest in Card Fight Vanguard. Jihad. uh, I actually have a box at home of over 200 (laughs) Jihad cards, something along those lines, um, that I actually bought from a, a friend of mine from high school. But, um... I've, I have played Jihad. Um, when I, it was called
1: Jihad, before they changed the name.
0: Yeah, before they changed the name. Um, I've got... Uh, I played... There was a Neopets game at one point in time that I had uh those four. the little clicky things? No, those were... It was an online thing. Okay. Uh, with, based on the little clicky things. It was just after the little clicky Oh, it thing. was online clicky things. It was online clicky things for all practical purposes. Um, but uh, the World of Warcraft card game, mm-hmm. um, I played that. Uh I still had some text from that. I played the WWE Raw deal. I actually just traded away those cards. I
1: don't understand wrestling, games based on wrestling. I don't understand.
0: Um, I actually traded those cards away at Carnage last year uh, to a gentleman for some L5R cards because, of course, I've picked up L5R to some extent, too. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just, just, just keep feeding me the, uh, the cardboard crack, as it were. Mm-hmm. But um, so the one thing I've noticed through all of this through all of these card games and the numerous ones that I didn't uh, mention is that building decks <laughs> is the most <laughs> difficult thing to do at the beginning until you get to play a lot. Yep. And once you start playing, the deck building comes naturally after that. And I think that's probably the problem that you're running into is that with, you know, you don't have a lot of people that are playing Call of Cthulhu right now. No, nope, I have yet.
1: one friend whom I can uh, I can harass and she, I don't have to harass her. She she's very obliging about it. She enjoys it, but we're busy people.
0: Right, and and that's you know that that's how life goes. But as you know, as you find more people that you can you know drag into a dark alley and teach him the game.
1: Uh <laughs> nothing so <laughs> underhanded, Ray. It's purely above board consensual <laughs> and every step, step of the way.
0: Sure. Um you know, as you know, as as I've already stated that you can show me and uh and I'm more than willing to learn, um you'll start to play more and as other people look at the game from a different perspective, they're going to see in, you know, interactions and in decks and start to maybe you know if they pick up the game they're going to play a slightly different deck so mm-hmm. you're not playing your deck versus your deck all the time so you can see what they're doing
1: yeah because i have very definite deck building quirks that i haven't ironed out yet right I and don't, i don't like to blow up cards so i don't include cards that do that
0: exactly and, and things like that and then eventually you'll start to get you'll start to see the little things and just playing more will get I you. you want to play more you're right Exactly. See, that's exactly it. When I first started playing Magic, I was the same way. I had... Oh, I
1: played so much Magic that first year.
0: I I had the worst decks in the world. Five colors? Five colors, 92 cards.
1: Basically all the cards you owned.
0: Yeah, basically all the cards you owned, you know, and then eventually played, 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 got my butt handed to me a lot of times. But then I started to see little things and I started to learn the the value of, of certain ways to play mm-hmm. and ways I like to play. And then I started to thin it down and, and go through and then I was making competitive decks. And, you know, I still wasn't winning a lot. You know, I was never going to be on the Pro Tour. I knew that. Um, but I still made decks that... Were fun to play, and you know one on occasion, mm-hmm. at the very least in my group of friends.
1: I do like that about decks: is when it's when it's fun to play. I don't care if I lose, like if I'm doing interesting things.
0: Exactly, exactly, and I'm the same way. You know, as long as I get to do, if I don't get to do interesting things, then I get upset
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I stop playing. And you know, maybe I'll just stop playing right then and there. But um, as I stated earlier, I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone, and that's online, so. I can play that and I've got, you know, you're allowed to build nine decks. I've got nine decks and I'm having, you know, they've all got some little intricacies in them. But if I don't get to play those intricacies, because i don't get to do all the cool stuff for whatever reason i just shut the game down and walk away and go do something else and that's the nice thing about
1: online plays you can turn it off without feeling bad
0: exactly i can turn it off without disappointing the people i'm playing with because you know they're not going oh crap there's nobody to play against oh wait no there's all these people online i can play against oh wow because
1: i yeah i mean i i haven't run into that encounter much but there the, the couple times i've played against a more experienced cthulhu player it you i've sort of found myself in the corner of I cannot do anything without that the other person cannot counter and there's no reason for me to continue playing except for we are sitting across from each other and it would be rude to stop.
0: Exactly, exactly. At some point in time, you know, that comes. The greatest asset you can get in that case is finding somebody who's who's experienced and is sitting down across from you, recognizes that situation that you're in and stops the game themselves and starts it back over and tries to you know, help you as you're going. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but there's, I mean, there's also the, and this is the mentality that I've seen a lot of people advocate online is, you play, you, you get your butt whooped until you're good. It's, you know, that sort of see, martial arts training mentality of you get beat up until you can yeah, stop. See, I'm not
0: a huge fan of that. Yeah.
1: It's not gonna keep people coming back. There needs to be a better way to...
0: Right, I'm, I've always been of the teaching school when it comes to card games, any game, honestly, whether it's D&D or Monopoly or, you know, magic, whatever. I've always been of the teaching philosophy. If I'm playing against somebody who's not that good, then I will help them as I go along. Because I want the game to continue. And mm-hmm. I don't just mean the game that I'm playing. I want the game to to still be around six years from now. Right. And you can't do that if there's not new blood coming into the game. And if you scare away the new blood, then... They're gonna stop coming, mm-hmm. and that's how that's how a lot of games die.
1: Mm-hmm. And I and that's uh, as much as you know. We talked a little bit about the Magic's uh, sales model before. As much as no one wants to chase cards, I do appreciate the fact that for a newcomer, you. you you don't have to worry about 20 years worth of cards necessarily.
0: Exactly. They've they've created formats and stuff like that, so you don't have to worry about getting all these years worth of cards. It's still, I mean, they're still trying, Wizards of the Coast is still trying to make the game more accessible to new players. It's something that they talk about constantly, and cause... I really hope they do, because there is still a, a bit of a, a gap. My nephew, who is 13, just started playing Magic, mm-hmm. and he enjoys it, and he plays with a couple of his friends but he doesn't want to go to the local tournament because he's doesn't feel comfortable doesn't feel like he has enough of the cards doesn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. and that's where the that gap needs to be yeah closed down
1: and i mean in that part of it is and i haven't resolved this much for myself either is the competitive nature of a tournament versus getting to just play a lot not necessarily with your friends at your house
0: right and and that's see when I first started playing that's what it was I you know I went to a card shop it wasn't a tournament it was a bunch of people playing around Mm -hmm. you know maybe we did have a tournament later in the day or whatever but that wasn't the focus that wasn't the reason why people came to the card shop and um, I know uh, a couple of the card shops in the area here they try to have a free play night Um, you know whether it's a Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday night whatever they have like you know free play nights like okay come and you know we'll focus on commander this week you know everybody bring your commander decks and play a bunch of commander games or Mm -hmm. you know this that the other thing but it's still a lot of times it still falls into kind of a tournament feel and there's just not that kitchen table mentality that I think a lot of people want and honestly it's the best part about playing with new people which is why I like playing at conventions um, we've got 802 MTG um, coming back this year. They were there last year. Mm-hmm. They're running open slots of Magic pretty much all day, every day. Um, they're bringing decks for people to use if you want to learn, and it's an opportunity for you to play against people that you haven't played against in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not the same people sitting around the kitchen table. It's not the same decks you've been seeing. It's new people, new players, and, you know, expanding your horizons. Mm-hmm.
1: 802 MTG has been great for that. They've they've uh you know they're they're making magic more accessible to yeah. people at carnage because just as a non-magic player i'd always just seemed like the cloud of magic people and there wasn't there wasn't a door in necessarily i am i am right there with
0: you on that because i was on the other side of the cloud i was in it but i could see that people weren't just yeah it it's... wasn't very welcoming to people that didn't were wanted to learn the game mm-hmm. or you know were just starting off um so, that's definitely so it's something... It's a good addition to Carnage. It's, it's a great addition to Carnage. I'm not even going to lie
1: about mm-hmm. that. And, and uh, Matt Gustafson has been fostering not only Magic Nights, but other game nights around right. the, uh, the, right. the state of Vermont. Like, I've been to the Fletcher Night a couple times now, and there's a great group of people there whom I have not seen anywhere else. Like, oh, there's wow. brand new people who are learning games there.
0: That's great. That's great.
1: And, uh, and then they do one in Randolph, uh, where Matt's based. They, they become a really great organizing resource as well so great sounds like your overall advice is play the game more play the game more yeah. okay that's let's my, go let's, uh... let's play the game
0: <laughs> you know what if you got the time right now i'm all up for it but uh,
1: well we got to wrap this episode up first
0: yeah that's fine you know we can wrap the episode yeah up this, first, is, but...
1: this, is, this has been the card game episode of carnage cast do you have any um closing thoughts for folks
0: If you've ever been interested in the card game, when you come to Carnage, you know, seek out the card game areas, watch some people play. You know, we're going to have L5R there, we're going to have Magic, there's going to be some LCGs going on. Game
1: of Thrones, Netrunner, Uh, both have tutorial sessions.
0: Both have tutorial sessions and, you know, check the stuff out. You know, even if you're not willing to to take the dive in, as it were, you know, head first or whatever, if you just want to stick out feelers, come and... Oh, Doomtown! Doomtown, that's right, we've got Doomtown as well. So
1: I do want to, I mean, you're right, it, 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 it's a great way to try, but one of the benefits of the LC of the living card game model is that a lot of the core sets are great games by themselves.
0: This is very true. Um, the core sets are designed to be, you can just buy the core set and you can play, you never have to buy anything else, yep. um, you know, sit down with your friends and play.
1: Yeah, it's that casual versus tournament environment again, because uh, right. core set decks are going to be great for each other, not, maybe not. They may not pan out so well against a wider field.
0: Right, exactly. And a lot of times, I know at least with the Game of Thrones one, the decks are actually smaller than the standard decks. um, Right. So that you learn to play with it, like um, in that sense. But definitely, you know, check it out. You know, learn new things. That's you know how I learn board games Mm -hmm. is at Carnage. A lot of times, you know, sit down at something new. I'm really kind of hoping that we can foster that for the card game side as well.
1: I think so. There's a lot of really interesting card games that are getting revived. Or picking speed up again. Exactly. All right, Ray, thanks for uh, coming back to the show this week.
0: Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC, all rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com.